0: Well, you can turn to Ephesians 4 if you just want to be there. I've got most of the slides will be up on the screen. But we're looking at Paul's life, a, a man used incredibly by God. He, was, uh, he took the message of Jesus Christ to the known world. He met Jesus on the road to Damascus. He never really led up after that. As you know, he wrote 13 letters in the New Testament. We've gone all the way through all the letters. He went on three missionary journeys. We've gone through the missionary journeys. Over the last few weeks, we saw Paul was arrested in prison for two years, then released and arrested again, and put to death and so we saw, we said wow that 's the end, but it 's not really the end because we we want to think about what paul wrote what, what was his theology, and when we put theology it 's sort of a scary word. Theos is the Greek word for God, and logos is the word for words, so theology is words about God. So what theology is, what did, what did Paul write? What God in the power of the Holy Spirit used Paul to write down information for us. And so what we're doing is just focusing on Paul's writings, not the whole writings of the Bible, but Paul's writings what? what is his theology? What did he teach in the different letters that he wrote, and he did all kinds of things, because in some letters he wrote, and they were having problems, and some letters he wrote, and they were issues that needed to be addressed. Some letters are just big, broad, sweeping letters that tell about the local body, and so uh, a lot of things like that, and so we'll see it as we, we go through that. Well, this morning, we're going to see end times. What did Paul write about end times? And you know, there's, I mean, when you start saying end times, you could say, well, Daniel, Ezekiel, Matthew 24, 25, Zechariah, 1st and second Thessalonians, the book of Revelation. I mean, you got every place, but the only place we're going to look is what Paul wrote since we're looking at Paul's theology. And so when we start talking about end times, everybody loves it. And I told you that after we finish the first 11 chapters of First Kings, which is the life of Saul, uh, excuse me, Solomon, we're probably you know, pretty sure we're going to go ahead and do the book of Revelation on Sunday morning. It's pretty unique, and it's going to be hard, and I'll have to explain a lot of different things and and, and and sometimes I'll be saying something like, There are two views on this. One view says this, one view says this. This seems to be the best view, but nobody knows for sure. Now we know what the book's about, we know, but some of the events and some of the things that happened, we could say, Well, when did that happen? When that supposed to happen, and those kind of things. We'll see it. So as we continue, we're looking at the life of Paul. Here's what we look at. We said we're gonna look at what did Paul say about the gospel and salvation and eternal life and the church and the Christian life and spiritual gifts. And end times, that's what we've been looking at. Well, for these last few weeks, we've gone through the gospel, salvation, eternal life, church. We've gone through everything except this last one. And this last one, we're going to look at uh, this morning, the end times. What did Paul say about the end time events? And and when you read things like Matthew 24 and 25 and the book of, you know, Zacharias and, and Isaiah and, and Daniel and, and the book of Revelation, I mean, you get a whole lot of things. What we're going to do, though, is what did Paul say? I mean, because he, I mean, not necessarily were there questions always about the end times, but we're going to find that there were some questions about, what about people who died before Jesus came back? Because they were all expecting, did they expect Jesus to come back any second? Yeah. Do we expect Jesus to come back any second? Yeah. So, but they were told that if you, some people were told that if you died before Jesus came back, you kind of got left out. Uh, we'll talk about that. And, and so Paul, Paul wrote a letter about it. And so what we're going to do is we're going to look at the three big areas, and it won't take us very long to go through this, so we'll have plenty of time that when you go to your grow group, we can go in a lot more details or if you got a question while we're going through this now, you stop me and we'll talk about it. But we're going to look at three things. We're going to look at the rapture, the tribulation, and the second coming. And some people say you, you don't need to study it. By the way, I've had people say you just don't need to study the book of Revelation. You know, Revelation is the only book in the Bible that says you will get a blessing by reading the book. A blessing. So some people say don't read it. I say, well, do you not want a blessing? Read it, read it. Why do we study end times? Well, first is to teach the truths of the Bible, but it also is encouragement and comfort for people because it is a great comfort to know. I mean, I've had people say things like, I don't know, I've never studied the Bible, and I don't know what's going to happen, and I hear about a, a, you know, taking the mark of a beast and all these terrible things are going to be happening on the earth, and I don't know if I'm going to be there or not, or am I going to be there? And I hear some people say no, and I hear some people say yes. And so it's really comforting to say, here's what the Bible actually says. Let's look at it. So we're going to start, and and we'll start. Let me just remind you of the basic in time events. And you got Jesus dying on the cross, paying for sin, rising again, sending him back into heaven. And we're in the church age, and the church age is a mystery. It was not talked about in the Old Testament, so the church age, we don't have any idea how long the church age will be. We know it's going to end in in just a matter of seconds when Jesus Christ comes in the clouds, call it the rapture, and the church will be taken off the face of the earth, the body of believers, both Jews and Gentiles in one body, the church will be taken off the face of the earth. Then there'll be a seven year tribulation time period which Daniel wrote about which the book of Revelation tells about which a lot of places deal with it's called the tribulation there's divided into two parts first three and a half years second three and a half years second half is, second half is called the great tribulation and those events and then Jesus Christ comes a second time first time to the earth second time to the earth this is in the clouds this is his first coming this is the second coming this is his coming in the clouds so it's the second coming he comes to the earth as the king of kings and the Lord of Lords and so sets up a kingdom that rules for a thousand years. So that is the end times. What did Paul say about all this? Because you can go to the book of Daniel and find out this. You can go to Matthew 24 and 25 and find out. You can go to the book of Revelation and find out. You can go, but what did Paul say? And how did, did he even teach this? Well, of course, you know he did. And so we're going to talk about what did Paul say about the rapture? Well, we know that the next event is the coming of Jesus in the air, the rapture. We know that, right? And you understand that when the rapture comes, when Jesus comes in the clouds, all of us who know Jesus Christ, who have believed in him for eternal life, we will be gone. The word rapture comes, first of all, the word rapture itself comes from a Latin word, rapio, which means to pull or to snatch away. And so why we take that Latin word and brought it into English, and we say rapture, which means to be snatched away. The Greek word is harpazo. And it means to, I think of harpoon, but it means to be snatched up, pulled up, grabbed, pulled away. Do you remember when uh, Stephen was uh, telling people and, and he was going on, on the road to the, uh, the, the Gaza Strip and, and that guy, the uh, Ethiopian eunuch was there? And then at the very end, after the guy led him to Christ and baptized and everything, suddenly it says he was snatched away. And it says he found himself at a Zoas. So you imagine he was talking to a guy and then suddenly he's at another place about 30 miles away. Standing there going, whew, that happened quick. Uh, you know, and so that's a harpazo. That means to be lifted up, caught up, snatched up, grabbed away. And so... When we say the word rapture, you're thinking of a Latin word. When you, if you were to say, and you're not going to say the word harpazo, but if you're going to say to be caught up together with the Lord, that's the Greek word that's the same that means a rapture. It means to be taken off the face of the earth. So what did Paul say? Well, he wrote to the Thessalonians, and I just when I say this statement a while ago, that some people were told that if you died and were buried, before Jesus comes back, you were left behind. And so, Paul, that's at Thessalonica. So, Paul writes to the Thessalonians. You remember, he writes this on his second missionary journey because he wrote two letters. And in 1 Thessalonians 4, he says this, We don't want you to be uninformed, brethren, about those who are asleep. We do not want you to be uninformed about those who've already died. So, you will not grieve as, the rest, as do the rest who have no hope. We don't want you to be sad about them because they're not going to miss out on anything. Someone had taught them that, and and what if somebody came in here and said, if any of your loved ones have died before Jesus comes back, the only people going to be raptured out is living people. And all dead people will be staying in the ground. That's what they were being taught in Thessalonica. And so Paul says, wait a minute, wait a minute. I do not want you to be uninformed. I don't want you to be ignorant about this. I want you to understand about those who have fallen asleep and that you won't grieve, okay? Because look, for the Lord himself, what's going to happen? He will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God. Now, there's three things. He's, he's going, hello. And there'll be the voice of the archangel. What's the archangel going to say? I don't know. What's the tru- I don't know what God's going to say. I just made that up. But anyway, what's going to happen? And with the trumpet of God, we're going to hear all that, y'all, just like that. Just like that. And the, who's going to go first? The dead first. The, wait a minute. They were just told that those people weren't going to make it. What's Paul saying? But they're going to make it. They're going to make it for you. The dead in Christ will rise first. Jesus coming in the clouds and dead will be raised first. Okay, how do they feel about that now? Whew, I feel a lot better because I thought Uncle, you know, Uncle John wasn't going to make it. Because they told me he died, and Jesus hadn't come back yet. And then they told us that if he hadn't come back yet, when he comes, they're not going. But Jesus said, no, 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 no. The dead in Christ will rise first. And then what? Well, then we who are alive and remain will be caught up. Ooh, caught up. What word do you think that is? Harpazo. Snatched up. Pulled up. We who are alive and remain will be snatched up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord where? In the air. This is in the air. This is not to the earth. This is not the second coming to Christ. This is the rapture, the harpazo. This is the taking us off the face of the earth. There are people who say, there's no such thing as a rapture. What did Paul just say? He says, he's coming in the clouds. We'll be caught up together with him where? On the earth, at the temple. Is that what it says? No, it says in the clouds. To meet the Lord where? In the air. And so we'll always be with the Lord. Snatched up. Snatched into the clouds. This is the rapture. Let me ask you a question. Do you believe that's going to happen? Do you really do? You really believe that Jesus is going to come and there'll be this shout and the voice of the archangel, the trumpet of God, and then the graves will be opened up and then you will be changed like in a moment in a twinkle of an eye and you'll be taken off the face of this earth. Man, man, I better get some running clothes. We better get running clothes. So we don't tell how fast it's going to happen. Yet learn. <laughs> I don't think we'll have to learn how to fly. He's going to pull us right out of there. So isn't that amazing? Did Paul write about a rapture? Did Paul say it's going to happen? Yes. And he wrote it to a particular group of people because they were told that there was going to be a rapture, but, but people who had already died were going to be left behind. He said, no, no, I want you to know we're all going to be together. How fast is this going to happen, by the way? What do you think? I, you know, I saw a video one day, and it was showing like a church, and they were pretending to say, what's going to happen when the rapture comes? And all of a sudden, there was this flash, boom. And this whole room that had been full of about 200 people, there were like four people left. It went, boom, anybody's gone. And the four people are looking around like, where did everybody go? And, I, it, you know, will it be like that? Will there be a noise, you think, like that? Or do you think he's just going gonna to be a shout, the voice? Of, you know, I think his shout may be, come up here. With the voice of the archangel, the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. We are reminded of the And look at this. i tell you this mystery. This is Paul writing, right? We're not going to all sleep. What does that mean? We're not going to all what? We're not going to die. But we'll all be what? Changed. How fast? In the twinkling of an eye. At the last trumpet. Who's, bringing, who's blowing the trumpet? Archangel. Well, What's the archangel, the trumpet of God. The trumpet will sound, the dead, the dead who? The bodies will be raised, what? See, they were perishable, now they're imperishable, and we will be changed. In fact, he says in 1 Corinthians, this mortal will put on immortality, and this perishable will become imperishable. It's going to be a giant change. And it's going to happen just like that. It'll be so fast, we won't even know it. I mean, the next thing we know, we'll be in the clouds. And we'll go, whoa, whoa, whoa. I mean, look, I mean, I, and what will we see? What will we know? I don't know. You know who we're going to be with? Jesus. Jesus. He said, just we'll be with the Lord. We'll always be with him. I, people say things like, I hope I have this, or I'm going to ask him this question. I'm going to, I, I think when we see him, we're not going to ask him anything, brother. We're just going to bow down and say, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. Did, Jesus, did, did Paul expect Jesus to come back that quickly and, and, and any time? Look at this. For our citizenship is where? It's in heaven from which we eagerly, what? Wait for a savior, the Lord Jesus. What's he going to do? He will transform the body of our humble estate, this old body, into conformity with the body of his glory. He's got that glorified body, right? Is he going to do that? That's what he said to the Corinthians by the exertion of the power that he has even to subject all things to himself. Listen, he's got power to put everything under his power, so that means he's got the power to say, I'm going to change all your bodies to to be glorious bodies, to be bodies that won't When we say glorified body, uh, that means that it will never decay. It's a body that lasts forever. See, our bodies are what? They're decaying right now. You can tell it. Just go try to run if you're over 50. See what happens. You'll come back and you'll go, I ran, but I'm not running the rest of the day. That's for sure. I mean, our bodies are wearing out. Is that true? And so look what he says. Our citizenship, we eagerly await. Are you eagerly awaiting? Can you hardly wait? Guess what? When you're 20, you're not eagerly awaiting. You say, I got a lot of stuff I think I want to do. You get a little older, you know what you're saying? I wish you'd hurry up and come. I wish you'd hurry up and come. And what's so great is those who have passed on before us, the ones we love, They're going to be raised just like that. And then we're going to be changed just like that. And we're going to all be together again. Never be separated again. Never be separated again. That's good news. So, did Paul talk about a rapture, a a snatching away, a harpazo? What did he say? He said, it's coming. It could happen just like that second Dead first, us, they'll be changed, we'll be changed. Twinkle of an eye, we're waiting eagerly for him to come. Wow. So that's Paul. All right? Then, did Paul write about the tribulation? Because we know what follows the rapture. There'll be a peace pact made with the nation of Israel and the Antichrist, and that begins the tribulation, which is a seven-year time period. And in the tribulation is this Antichrist and all these things happen. He says this in Second Thessalonians, because obviously the Thessalonians had a lot of questions, okay? And here's what he said, "'Let no one deceive you, for, for first it will not come, and thus the apostasy comes first, the departure. And the man of lawlessness is revealed.'" The son of destruction. He's saying, listen, this whole thing of the, the rapture happening and then the tribulation, that's not going to happen until all this comes to pass and the, the, we're taken out, the apostasy comes, there's this man of lawlessness, he'll be revealed. And, and notice, the man of lawlessness is revealed. Look at this. This is, un, this is amazing that Paul wrote this. This man opposes and exalts himself above every so-called God or object of worship, he takes his seat in the temple of God, displaying himself as being God. Now, where have you heard that before? The book of Daniel. The book of Daniel. Matthew 24, 25, of course, you know, but, but Paul is writing this, and, and, and he's saying, there's just going to be this man who comes to power, who he, he puts himself above every God, every object of worship. He demands to be worship. He takes his seat in the temple of God, displaying himself as God. He claims to be God. That's, that's the Antichrist. That's halfway through the tribulation. Had Paul ever taught them this before? Don't you remember that while I was with you, I was telling you these things? <laughs> you know, Paul came to the church at Thessalonica, and they estimate that he might not have been there much more than a month before he left. But he taught for a month. Did he teach end-time events to the Thessalonians in that month? What did he say right here? Do you not remember that I was still with you when I was telling you these things? I've had people say, don't teach people end time events because they're not ready for it. They have to go, you have to be real mature. Paul's taking a brand new group of believers and telling them about the end times. Can you understand the end times? Of course you can. The reason people don't understand the end times is because they don't hold to the literal interpretation of the Bible. They don't think it's true. They, uh, they, they don't know how to look at it. They've been taught that the book of Revelation is events that happened in the first century. And I mean, they just, people are so mixed up. But if you take the Bible from what we call historical, literal, grammatical interpretation, it makes sense. It fits together and it flows together perfectly. And you find that the book of Revelation is future. It has not happened yet. There has never been the 10 king federation. There's never been one man come to power. There's never been uh, the temple. The temple has not been rebuilt, has it? How is the man of sin going to put his idol up in the temple if there's no temple? Let me throw one thing out just for fun. And we've been talking about this, that all these events are coming to pass. We know that what's got to happen next and then what? tribulation. And the tribulation, there's going to be a temple, there's going to be the nation of Israel comes back together, there's going to be the Antichrist, there's going to be the peace pack, all these things. We already know that most likely in the first three and a half years of the tribulation, Iran, Russia, and Turkey invade Israel and are destroyed by God. That's Ezekiel 38. Well, you know that people say, well, those prophecies, they can't come true. Well, you know, until 1948, there was no Israel to make a peace pact with anybody. 1948, there's now Israel. And then you start going through, and there was this idea of about a divided, a divided Jerusalem. And in 67, Jerusalem's not divided anymore because Israel took it back. And now, I, ha- I didn't bring the picture. I have it on my phone. The picture of Turkey, Iran, and Russia. All three leaders holding hands. They just made a peace pact together dealing with Syria, and guess who? Israel. What is Iran's statement about Israel? They already said within the next 20 years, they will destroy the state of Israel. That's their plan. They've got it right in writing. Russia, Turkey, and Iran have made a peace pact within the last three months. In Ezekiel 38, it's Russia, Turkey, and Iran that invades Israel. You think it's close? It, it could be any second, couldn't it? Now It could have always been any second. He could have taken people out a thousand years ago and then let them build a temple and then let Israel be... I mean, he could do anything. But what's lining up? There are things lining up now that we've never, we've never seen before. So, that's the tribulation. He didn't I teach you this stuff? And then look what he says. He says, this is the one who's coming is in accord with activity of Satan. This is the guy that's controlled by the devil. He's got powers, signs, false wonders with all deception of wickedness for those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth as to be saved. He said, that's going to happen. There's going to be great suffering on the earth, and there's going to be this one coming with Satan's power. So did Paul talk about the tribulation? Yes. There's one final thing, and he didn't go into a lot of details on this one, but the second coming, because Paul just didn't deal with it, but he says this in 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 8, that this lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will slay with the breath of his mouth and bring to an end by what? The appearance of his coming. What coming is that? That's the second coming. That's Revelation 19, verse 11. That's when Jesus comes out, of heaven riding the white horse and a sword comes out of his mouth and he judges and he takes that false that 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 antichrist and cast him into the lake of fire. That's what's gonna happen. Paul wrote and said he's gonna come and he's gonna slay him and bring to an end by his coming. So what have we seen? Paul taught that Jesus would come in the clouds, taking believers off the earth. There'd be a time of tribulation. Then there'd be a man of sin claiming to be God. Jesus would come a second time to the earth, slaying the man of sin and setting up a kingdom. That's what he said. Is that pretty much right? Now, can we find even more details of the end time events? Say in Matthew twenty four twenty five, in the book of Revelation, in the book of Daniel, and Ezekiel and Zechariah fourteen. Can we find other places that give us a lot of details? We can. But Paul did give details about it. He did talk about it. So, let us understand Paul's teaching concerning the end time events. A rapture could happen. Who goes first? Dead in Christ, then we will be taken up. What's going to happen to us? In the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, we'll be changed. And then there'll be tribulation. The Antichrist will set up a... There'll be a 10-king federation, go to a three-king federation, through one-king federation. When there's the one-king federation, he makes a peace pact with Israel that starts the seven-year tribulation. Best we can understand, early in the tribulation, 144,000 Jews... Uh, out of the 12,000, 12,000 of each of the 12 tribes become believers in Jesus Christ and trust him. And that's why the nation of Israel is going to turn back to God during the tribulation. Part of the reason of the tribulation is the final seven years of the 490 years that God promised to Israel, Daniel chapter uh, 9, 24 through 27. And part of the reason is he got to fulfill that prophecy. But the other part is this is when Israel believes in Jesus as the Messiah. That's what's going to happen part of the reason of the tribulation then there's second coming coming in the clouds to the earth king of kings lord of Lords. who's coming with him who's coming with him we are every one of us and it says we're on horses and susie will be good at it because she rode horses all her life i'll be going like this <laughs> just hoping i don't fall off but we're gonna make it right yeah somebody will let's realize that in time teaching is for who all believers. It it, it doesn't have to be mature believers. It doesn't have to be people who know the Bible. Paul taught the end time events to the brand new believers. It's okay that if you lead somebody to Christ, and they may start asking questions about what's going to happen. Tell them Well, the next event will be this, then it'll be followed by this, and then it'll be followed by that. You can do this, and people can understand it. And you can just use Paul, or you can use Daniel, or you can use Matthew 24, 25, or you can try to use the book of Revelation. You could do it all. Because many of you in this room, you've studied, you know it, you put it together. The third thing, let's, let's realize that understanding the end times is a great benefit for believers. It is. It is. It's a comfort. How do you feel knowing what the next event is? What if you didn't know that Jesus is coming to get us out, and you have read about this tribulation time period, what if you didn't know how it fits? What might you think? You might think you're going through the tribulation. In fact, I've had believers come up to me and say, I'm taught that if if there is a tribulation, we'll be in it. It'll purify the church. I said, he's already purified the church. The church is the body of Christ. It's already Declared righteous, it already has imputed righteousness. It's already pure. Tribulation doesn't purify the church. Okay? I've had people say, well, at the midpoint of the tribulation, faithful cr- church people will go, unfaithful church people will keep going into it. I said, where do you, where do you see that anywhere in the scripture? And they don't, but they, they come up with a view. People come up with views without scripture. You know, you ask them, what verses do you have that say that? And they say, well, it talks about it at the three-and-a-half-year mark. I said, yeah, that's when the Antichrist puts his idol up in the temple. What does it say? Half the church will be raptured out. It doesn't. The so you just referred, said, huh? They to that thing where it says the women will flee, the ones that are pregnant will yeah. flee to the mountains. They think that's part of it too. Well, yeah, that, that's, that's people running for their lives, and that's right. the Jewish people running for their lives when the Antichrist puts his idol up in the temple. And, you know. I mean, then that's what they're supposed to do. They run to a place called Sila, which is called Petra, which some of you have been there. Anybody been to Petra? Indiana Jones, what was the movie? The Holy Grail or whatever that's... what They go to Petra. In the movie, they, take, they go down to Petra. Remember that city that's in the walls? That's Petra. That's where the Jewish people are going to flee to in the tribulation. They're going to flee to that place. That's what the Bible says. It's called Selah, Isaiah 16. Okay? Then teach others. You know the stuff. You can tell other people about it. And then you just see the sovereignty of God, how he's working all things, and that that nothing can stop what he does. Nothing can stop it. He's going to work his plan perfectly.